to be in the pits, Sister Monica, and things that are not going well. It's hard, Sister Kemper, to yes, be in the pits My Lord. when things are just not what you want them to be. But let me tell you something about this story today. Even when you are in the pits, God sustains his servants and his children. Even when you are in the pits, God sustains his servants, Sister Elaine, and his children. I want you to get that in your spirit today. Even when you're in the pits, it's hard for you to, to be in the pits, but God still sustains his servants and his children. Yes. And a few amens like y'all give Pastor I and our sister. Come on, Pastor. We're with you. I love to hear her. And, uh, and, and I know y'all always back there. Praise God. So you heard the, the New Living Translation of our text, but I wanted to bring to your mindset the Message Bible Translation, where it says in Psalm 40, verses 1 and 2, uh, that I waited. Come on. My Lord. And it says, and waited. Oh, Jesus. And waited oh. for God. Oh. My Lord. Anybody in here ever waited? And waited, and waited, and waited, and waited for God. And then you waited some more. And it seemed as if God had forgotten you. God didn't pay any attention to you. It seemed that your waiting was in vain. But let me tell you something, God never forgets. Oh, Your waiting is not in vain. We just got to wait patiently, as verse 1 says. And so the message goes on to say, and he looked. Finally, he listened. Meaning you waited and waited and waited, but God in his own time didn't look at you. In his own time, he heard from you. He listened to you. Yeah. And the Bible also says he lifted me out of the ditch. Pulled me from the deep mud. The NIV says it was nasty. It was a slimy pit. It was mud and it was mire. In other words, it was nasty in there. I don't know how many of y'all been in nasty situations before. But, but, but I've been in a few nasty situations. And, and I knew I was in the mood. And I cried out. And the Bible says, but he stood me up on a solid rock. To make sure that I would not slip. It was nasty in there. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Anybody know what I'm talking Jesus. about? Yeah. You were in your nasty place. Jesus. Jesus. You thought it was over. Jesus. 
and it was still going on. But God came in his own time. Stood you up on a solid rock to stand and to make sure that you wouldn't slip. Now, I like different translations of the Bible. And so, on verses 3 through 5, the Amplified Bible says, He put a new song in my mouth. There are times I really want to sing like back in the day, but my voice is cracking nowadays. But but this said that he put a new song in my mouth, which was a song of praise, Brother Fred. Uh, it's a praise to our God. It's telling God, I thank you all the days of my life. I thank you for getting me out of the ditch. I thank you for taking me out of the mud. I thank you for taking me out of the mire. And it says in Amplified that many will see and hear with great reverence, and but they will confidently trust in the Lord. So blessed, meaning fortunate, prosperous, and favored by God is the man and the woman who makes the Lord his trust. That's why I love Psalm 40. And does not regard the proud nor those who lapse into lies. Blessed you will be when you trust in God. Verse 5 says, Many, O Lord, my God, are the wonderful works Here's the praise. The wonderful works that you have done. And your thoughts towards us. There is none to compare to you. Y'all heard the song, there is none like you. That's what the word is saying. There is none to compare with you. If I would declare and speak of your wonders, they would be too numerous to count. God is a numerous God. I don't care what situation you're in. If he brings you out, he can give you numerous blessings over and over. I'm a witness here this morning. I was crying some time ago, but the Lord has taken the tears away. I was upset some time ago, but the Lord has taken that upsetness away. And the Lord said he will supply all your needs. So great is his faithfulness. Because these blessings, these wonders are too numerous to come. Thank God we know the outcome of our story here when we are trusting and loving God. We know that life might be the pits, but we don't have to stay there. Am I in the right place? Y'all know what I'm talking about? We ain't got to stay in the pits. There's a God who can lift us out of the pits. You see, we often fall into the pits of life and, 
And when there is nothing but trials and tribulations and tribulations and trials and issue after issue and upsetness and misunderstanding and the list goes on and on and on and on. Oh, we can hear the words in the book of James chapter 1 saying, count it all joy. Meaning we got to count it joyful being in the pits. Now tell me who in the pits wants to say that there's some joy in being in the pits. You see, for us humans, we know it seems hard to count things of joy when you are stuck in places where you don't want to be in. You, you're stuck in affliction. You're stuck in your nasty finances. You're stuck in bad relationships. You're stuck in a suitcase full of bad feelings. And you got to carry that baggage wherever you go. Any witnesses in the house? Oh, you're stuck. You're stuck. You're stuck. So, so what are we supposed to do? Well, in my research, the Bible.org author Stephen Cole says that many may profess to know Christ. That they would they profess to know Christ, but they will stumble and fall away when they get hit with various trials. But he says if you persevere with Christ, you must know in advance that you will face times when you are in a pit. And you must know what to do when you get there. So his major point was rather than turning away from the Lord, we must turn to the Lord. Turn to him in order to rescue us from the pits. In other words, seek him while he may be found. Pray to him and listen for his command. You see, often we people, we humans, run in the opposite direction. When only God can pull us out of the pit. I know sometimes your pits are filled with shame and your pits are filled with embarrassment. And because of it, you don't want to see nobody. You don't want to talk to nobody. You don't want to be near nobody, and you hide out anytime, folk come around. But that is the very time that we need to try to get as close to God as we can. And in some cases, we got to get as close to God's people as we can. Don't run away from the preachers who are coming to try to help. Don't run away from a God who is standing there with his arms stretched wide. Don't run away. Don't run away. Because Let me tell you something. Have you ever wondered why there are people who are staunch churchgoers and they seem to love God one minute and the next minute you can't find them? It's usually because they let life take them into the pits. And they let life keep them there. Yeah. All the while God is saying, come to me and I'll give you rest. Come to me and, and I will protect you. Come to me and I will bless you out of your mess. Right. You got to believe that. And it is true. 
But sometimes we don't, we don't, we don't feel, and we gotta get out of our feelings and look at what God is saying to us. So here we have another story within the scripture because David writes a lamentation song throughout the whole 40th song. And that starts, uh, this lamentation, he starts with praise and confidence in God. And then he kind of goes back into all of the things that are wrong. Because you know, David, if you read the scriptures and you read many of those songs he wrote, he had many times that he cried and he cut up and, and then he thanked God and he'd go back and he'd cry and cut up some more and he'd thank God and he'd come back and he'd cry and cut up some more. That was David. Uh, but people of God, let me tell you, we almost always thank God and trust God and love God for what he's already done. So just like David, we got to thank him and trust him and praise him and before we move on to the next petition, I'll call it petition, because oftentimes we want to tell God what we want him to do. And God is God. He's going to do what he wants to do. He is sovereign. He can do anything that he wants to do. So we got to thank him. We got to praise him. We got to trust him. But let me tell you something. If he doesn't do anything else. My Lord. I won't put you in it, but if he don't do anything else Jesus. for me, yes. he's Jesus. already Jesus. done enough. Jesus. I hope you're in that same boat. Because I know he's done some things for you too. But if he don't ever do anything else for me, he's done enough. So I, I will thank him and, and praise him and I will give him glory. So we ought to be shouting when we look at the goodness of God. So David's Psalm 40 is a short story of him having persevering faith in trials. But Pastor Keith, you and Pastor I, y'all have been talking about trouble all the time. We hear it every Sunday. Even the series you're in now, you've been in it since January, and you're talking about hard times, trouble times, and all of those things that are hard for us. And I say to you, the answer is yes, we do. We talk about it all the time. Why? Y'all want to know why? It's because when I was in trouble, God heard my cry. I won't necessarily put you in it, but when I was in trouble, God heard my cry. He pitted every drunk. And, and let me state it this way. God has been my refuge and my strength. He's been a very close and present help and friend and a parent and a guide in times of trouble. God has been what I needed when I needed something most. I don't know about you, 
but I stand on what problems he has delivered me from. I stand on what circumstances he's delivered me from. I stand on what he has taken me through. And I take the time to tell you about the times when my back was against the wall. And he let me come back to tell you that he was the only help that I needed. That he was the only help that I could get. Somebody ought to be shouting and telling God, thank you for bringing you through. You see, there's power in the name of Jesus. There's power enough in Jesus to help the weakest of us. There's power and grace on Jesus enough to help the most unworthy of us to get out of the pits. Hope you hear me. So we who are believers need to know what to do. When we find ourselves in the pits. So let me go here for just a few minutes. A pastor named Jim Irwin, who writes in something called Pathios, helps uh, Pathios.com, helps us one way by defining the types of trouble that we encounter in the pits. Trouble number one is trouble that is all around us. I say it's like quicksand. Mm. The harder you stir, the deeper you go in. Am I right about it? And then trouble number two, he says, is the trouble that is against us. I say it's like having your haters and your frenemies, those who are the cross between your friends and your enemies. Uh, they, they are standing around you to cause you no good. And then there's trouble number three. That one is the trouble that is within us. That trouble that, that we cause on ourselves. God didn't do it. Your friends didn't do it. Your relatives didn't do it. You did it. Keith, you did it. That's the trouble within us. I don't know about y'all. I'm talking to me too. I can't say nothing about y'all because I don't know all of what's going on. But I do know that there's some trouble within me sometimes. And I have to cry out to God to get through these troubles. So I said to you today that when we bring these troubles to God, like David did, there are a few things that we must do in these difficulties. The scripture bears it out. Point one, wait patiently on the Lord. I really like the message version because we talked about how we waited and we waited for the Lord. Sometimes waiting is short in man's eyes, and other times it seems like it takes years for God to act on our behalf. Yes, sometimes it seems like a long time, but God has no compulsion to act on our schedule. I don't know who we think we are. 
but he can act whenever he's ready to act. He is faithful, and because of that, we can persevere and trust him, and we can wait, and we can wait. Because eventually, if we love him, if we're trusting him, we're believing him, he will turn to us, and he'll hear our cry. So don't lose your cool. Don't be anxious. Hold fast to the Lord. Not minding the way for him to help. Point number two. Keep believing. I know you've heard the expression push. Pray until something happens. Well, verse two is telling us to keep believing just like David did. Even though David had his faults, he kept believing. He kept trusting. He kept the faith. You see, David kept believing while he was crying. My Lord. Crying out to God is important. I want you to know that. So when you're waiting, get in your secret closet sometime and audibly cry out to the Lord. You don't have to do it in front of a crowd of people, but somebody can get in that closet, get in that car, get in the bathroom, some of you, and cry to God, Lord, I need your help. I need you earnestly. And you can watch let me raise my hand. Y'all know how I love raising my hand. I'm in class. Pastor and I are doing your job trying to teach some, some seminarians right now. They raise their hand all the time. So I raise my hand. He will hear you. He'll hear your earnest cry. And guess what? He will answer. Bye. Ain't that what the old folks say? He'll answer, but I'm one of the old folks, so I know he'll answer. Bye and bye. No matter what it looks like, keep on believing. Keep on believing. Point number three. I'm doing this in the spirit of Charles Stanley, who just recently passed away, who was one of my favorites. Preachers of the gospel. This one says, keep hoping. Like Jesse Jackson used to always say, keep hope alive. Well, I'm borrowing that this morning. Keep hope alive because God is our hope. And we need to remain prisoners of hope. If there's one thing we need as a people, we need hope in God. Yeah. Yeah. And so we've got to hope upon hope upon hope. Always hope for the best, even if we have to prepare and go through the worst. But hope in God. If we do that, everything will work out in the end. That's why I, he wrote in the Bible through the Apostle Paul, Romans 8, 28, all things work together oh, for the good. Thank you, Jesus. Those are the people who are hoping. Yes. They're hoping that it's going to get better, even when it looks like it's getting worse. 
You see, David, David felt trapped in the pits, and, and they were, were full of noise and circumstances and issues. And I know some of you feel the same way. You can't get no rest. There's no escape, you feel, from the pits. But in Psalm 39 and 7, going back just a little bit, he heard, he had heard, we have heard David say to the Lord, what do I wait for, Lord? My Lord. My hope is in you. Yes, man. What do we wait for, Lord? Mm. Then he turned right around and said, my hope is in you. David is reiterating his trust in God. And the real good news here is that through his continued hope, God delivered him. My Lord. And not only did he deliver him, but he delivered him on time. Amen. My last point, oh, keep on praying. Yeah. Let, me, let me tell you a, a quick story, and I know you've heard it before. But back when I was a child, my mama and my daddy would have Sunday morning prayer. Amen. Mama would cook grits, eggs, bacon, sausage. Yes. We eat scrapple down there. We, we they, I didn't know what scrapple was until I came to the Baltimore area. But we had hot biscuits with butter and jelly. Any kind of trimming you could think of. Didn't have no chip beef either. Your mama didn't, she didn't do any chip. But before we could eat, mama would make sure. Daddy was a little cooler. He was a pastor, but he, he was a little bit cooler with us. But mama insisted on us praying to the Lord Amen. before we could eat. So the grits were all cold. The biscuits were cold. The eggs were hard and cold. And by the time she got through calling on the Lord and wanted us to pray, we were ready to be done with prayer. But we knew we had to go through with it. Even if it was just a sentence prayer, Lord, I thank you. We had to do something so we could get to the breakfast. So the message here is that we must we got to stay with God and, and do like the song says, somebody pray for me. Yes, Lord. Even when my mother and my father prayed, somebody prayed for me. Yes. And then you got to pray for yourself. Amen. You don't have to go to the Pope. You can come and pray to God on your own. Lord, I don't know what to tell you, but I'm praying to you on, right Lord. now. I'm telling you, God, thank you for what
He weeped. He cried. He hollered out, why are they forsaking me? Why am I going through all of this? He looked terrible at times. He was in trouble at times. But he already knew the end of the story. Was that God was going to deliver him. Because he came for a purpose. Thank you, Lord. And for anybody in here, uh-huh. I believe you know that that's a praise point for all of us. That we can give and worship and praise God for being pulled out of the pits. For knowing that that was a God standing there waiting to pull us out. As long as we do simple things like trusting, yes. believing, and hoping. Right. When we're in trouble with our afflictions of life, where we don't feel so good, we can call on him. We can trust him. We can say, in the name of Jesus, name we of have God. the victory. In the name of Jesus, oh, we have the victory. We are out. We're out. I live in so it ain't hard to get out as long as you got Jesus. Amen. People Amen. of God say, Amen.